it's the next level. Hey, my name is Ross Marquand and I play Red Skull. You are listening to Panels to Pixels podcast. Check it out. I'm, I'm Karen Page. I'm here to make a statement. We have all been lied to. Right? We've, we've been manipulated by a sociopath who doesn't care about the truth or about who he hurts or about anyone other than himself. Last night, Wilson Fisk tried to have me killed because I know the truth. The man who was wearing the Daredevil suit is not the real Daredevil. He's an imposter who is helping Wilson Fisk take back control of New York's criminal underworld. Now, at this moment, a grand jury is hearing testimony that Wilson Fisk is involved. Please, 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 can you identify this imposter? This fake Daredevil, where did he come from? Who's testifying to the grand jury? Can you give us a name? Panelers, welcome back to the show. I'm Mark, and I'm Steve. And Mark, I this it, it, I realized it this week as I was struggling to watch these two episodes that I, I wonder if I had watched it originally, like when we didn't know the series was ending, if I would in, have enjoyed these episodes more. And I think I would have. I think I would really have enjoyed these episodes more. But this time watching it, knowing that it's over, and knowing that we're not going to get a season four. I think has really made me look at them with a different attitude and it's just been a struggle. I mean, all the individual episodes are good. It's just the season as a whole. I Yeah, because you're expecting something to come after and we're not going to get that after the Yeah, and we know we're not going to get it. It's one thing if it was a, yeah. if it was still kind of a secret we didn't know. I think that's why I've had such a trouble with these episodes, but uh yeah. So there we go. I just wanted to get yeah. that off my chest. If anybody has been listening and it sounds like, man, Steve doesn't sound like he really likes these episodes. No, I like them. It's just a, kind of been a, a slog. Or maybe it's because it's Friday the 13th and we got all this going on in the world. <laughs> Who knows? Could be. <laughs> but I feel with you. I do feel with you, brother. But it's just it's how it is. Yeah. Uh, it's just like we we've been watching this. We wanted to go back. We had to watch it, but we already know, hey, there's not going to be another season. But there's always hopes for the future for the MCU and bringing back Daredevil in some sort of way. And hopefully it will be Charlie Cox. Hopefully. Yeah, Charlie Cox, please do come back. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mark, why don't you start us off by giving us the synopsis for Daredevil Season 3, Episode 11, Reunion. Sure. The synopsis for this episode would be Dex tries to run his... Pray to the ground, Nadim's conscience kicks in, and Fisk looks to recover a gift from Vanessa seized during his incarceration. That's pretty good synopsis of the, the episode. Yeah, pretty much, but <laughs> there, eh, there's like a little things interlacing in there, too, within the story that we do see during the show. Yeah, which... yeah, there's a lot of, there was a lot of uh, personal connections that were made yeah. in this episode that I think was really good. And just, we got to see some humanizing 
of even a bit of a human moment with Bisk even there. Mm -hmm. So it was really kind of cool. So we should actually get on to our top five. Sure. I'm Daredevil. You want me to start? Sure. So the, the my number five is just that opening scene with, with Sister Maggie, and she's going around, and she's trying to help the people after the attack on the, the church. She talks to the police, They're try, and she's trying to convince them that Daredevil has escaped. I mean, she knows that Daredevil and Karen are still in the church, but the police don't know that, or they shouldn't know that. Well, she knows that Matt, excuse me, she knows that Matt and Karen are still in the church, Daredevil has escaped, and she knows that he's escaped because she knows that wasn't Matt dressed up as the Daredevil costume. And I yeah. thought it was really interesting when she walks into the church and she sees the body of the father, and she has that little moment of prayer where she's kind of blaming herself on what happened to him and, and why kind of her choices are what have led to this coming to them, you know. And so I, I thought that was really cool. I thought it was it was really great that she noticed the blood on the sarcophagus lid, so she knew that's where Karen and Matt were hiding. Definitely, and I actually have to piggyback on that with my number five, which would be about Sister Maggie trying to be elusive with Dex and Nadine because they wind up approaching her and her just straying them away. She tries her best to stray them away from Matt and Karen within that and that's what i liked about that uh, that actual scene yeah it was one of those moments where i I was really wondering if maggie kind of suspected that dex might have been the one in the costume or if i I don't know i didn't really pick up on that but at first me neither watching it the second time i was kind of like i wonder if she kind of thinks or you know it might not have been that but yeah it's kind of because we've been watching it from perspective of a viewer Mm -hmm. that we think that could be, but could be. I think that uh, she doesn't really know, but she doesn't trust them in general because she just wants to protect Matt and Karen at this point. Absolutely. And she sees anybody as an enemy at this point. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So my number four is just Karen kind of coming clean with everything, telling Matt everything and just opening up, admitting that she went to go see Fisk, telling uh, him that you know, she told him about the brother, the car crash, the fact that she used to be drunk and high. She used to. She doesn't tell him necessarily everything she did, but she tells him enough to help him understand that she was responsible for her brother's death, that she killed James Wesley, that she told Fisk about killing James Wesley, that Fisk kind of tricked her into admitting that Matt is Daredevil, even though Fisk had kind of already figured it out, maybe. Yeah. But that whole scene between her and Matt was just really, really great. And Charlie Cox and um, her name's escaping Deborah me. Ann Wall. Deborah Ann Wall played that scene so well. They really, really did. Yeah, they were very good at this. That's that's what my number four was as well, was just Karen coming clean about what was going on. Basically, because we already saw her history in one episode, I mm-hmm. guess she had to correlate and just bring it together with what had happened when that you know she killed that guy and that was it. Yeah, it was it was really good and and even though I was kind of disappointed that we got the episode so late in the season last episode but definitely if we hadn't or two up whatever the the Karen episode was that if we hadn't gotten that we wouldn't really have the context for what she's telling Matt and it would be that this is one of those things where I will give credit to the show that they showed us Karen's background they didn't in her history they didn't just tell us 
because they could have left out everything that we saw in the last episode and just told us everything in this scene here. Well, if we watch this as a long form, like a lot of people do and binge watch and go episode after episode, mm-hmm. then it would have worked out in a sense where you didn't get lost. Like, why am I watching this whole Karen episode? Yeah. Because it wouldn't really be an episode. It would be just a whole long form movie. Yeah. Which wouldn't be just, you know, two and a half, three hours. In this case, it would be more of like, what, eight hours? Right, right. And okay. just watching everything all in one day. Yeah, so yeah. So it's like, oh, I, I get the whole story, and here we are, and okay, they reference that, which makes so much sense. I would give it that because of that's how people were with Netflix. I think at that point, Netflix was going with that route where they thought they could do a long story. And oh, yeah, definitely. That. Definitely, Netflix is definitely catering to the bingers now they're, yes. they're definitely said they're not doing recaps at the be, at the beginning of the episodes most of them anyway you know they give you that option to skip the intro so yeah definitely they are playing to bingers here <laughs> so that was your number four our number fours were the same so that brings yep. us to my number three correct just the fact that the the second circuit court of appeals they exonerated this completely like it, it's it really shows how deep he's got his hooks into the system here that I guess that's federal court or I'm not sure how that all works because, you know, Foggy in the next episode or or later talks about, well, we could still try to get him in state court. And so it was it was a little confusing to me, but definitely just this whole idea that Fisk is now completely exonerated. They're claiming that he's innocent, but yet everybody knows he's guilty. And then on top of that, he comes out and he accuses Daredevil of being the bad guy. Well, it's always going to be the case. It's always that guy, (laughs) you know. And I kind of saw that coming because Mm -hmm. this is Fisk, of course. Right. You know, it's like, you know, he was going to try to get away. And I'm hoping, you know, like I said, this is the first time after like episode six or whatever it was. This is like a new show for me. I'm like watching it as I go again. And I I have that funny feeling, a sneaking suspicion that towards the end, Fisk will meet some sort of doom or go back to prison. Who knows? (laughs) So uh, my number three would be Foggy and his brother. Now, his brother trying to have Foggy rescind his thoughts. And Foggy is just being Foggy and he's standing by his own convictions. He wants to do the right thing for everyone. Then he gets that call from Matt to help. Yeah, that was a great scene. I I love that moment between them when Foggy's brother says, Mr. Fisk gave us this statement for you to read. And Foggy's like, Mm -hmm. he's Mr. Fisk to you. And yeah, he's scum. Yeah. And him and yeah. So it was it was really great. You got this prepared statement and Foggy's like, no, I'm not going to read this. And then I've got some more about this actually in the next episode. But I'll, I'll say it now is that the brother almost kind of turns it on Foggy and is trying to blame Foggy for the family being kind of under Fisk's thumb that he's like, well, if you hadn't left, we wouldn't have been in this bind and we wouldn't have had to do this. And Foggy's yeah. like, you you knew it was fraud when you were signing that stuff. It's, it he was knew really... there was something wrong with it and he still signed it and got his father, yeah. his mother involved. Yeah. Yeah. And then he just was, it was, it was a way for him to pass the buck onto Foggy mm-hmm. because Foggy was trying to, you know, do better for himself as well as for his family. It's not like he wasn't keeping his family in mind as far as pursuing, you know, law. It's right. just that that was Foggy's, you know, passion to do. 
And his parents actually helped out in the sense where they wanted him to do that, you know, because he was following his dreams. Right, right. So, but the brother thinks differently, but yeah. whatever. So, <laughs> so my, my number two is just that whole scene where, where Fisk goes to uh, Mrs. Bob's house and she's the one who has the painting, and there we get this scene between uh, D'Onofrio and uh, we have Leslie Ann Warren playing this character who is she is just amazing in this scene. It's really it was casted really well. She plays it really well. It's a small, short little cameo, but man, that was a powerful performance to me. That when she tells that story about the the Nazis breaking in and taking and killing her father, and then them having to escape or them dragging them across the the country, it, it was very sounded music like. But at the same mm. time, though, she had this very this great delivery. That moment when she tells Fisk, "I know who you are. You're a wolf, and all you do is you take things." And I love that moment when she stands up and she says, "You'll take nothing more." It just was so. It just it gave me goosebumps. I'm, I'm getting goosebumps now talking about it and just she just it was amazing you have this little maybe five minute role and she's such a great actress that she just pulls it off so well it was just, it, it just amazed me yeah she was really good in it in the sense that we really don't see leslie ann warren that much in shows or or movies now yeah i'm not i'm sure i mean i'm sure she's at the point in her career where she can pick and choose her roles so she definitely must have seen something in this where she says oh i want to do this even though it's a short little scene so yeah i enjoyed that scene very much uh i liked it that i had that in my notes my number two would be well fisk's blatant brutality and killing that one operative in the car that was that was extremely terrible the the way he did it, just so brutal, but like a child that can't get what he wants. And then he just goes back to normal. Yeah. Like there is something really deeply disturbed with this man. Yeah, the the first time I watched that and he's like, Give me your coat and I'm like, Why does he want his coat? This it's not gonna fit him. Is he, what's is he gonna try to <laughs> cover? And then as soon as he put it over the, the guy's face, I was like, "Oh my god!" And then he starts punching him, and you're just like, "What?" what? Yeah, I'm just like, and then and then he just casually tells the driver, "Pull over and dispose of the body," and the driver's yeah. like, "Yes, sir." <laughs> so, like it was nothing. Yeah, hey, yeah, just get rid of it. It's okay. Oh yeah, it's just trash. Yeah. Oh, oh. But uh, yeah, that was one of those scenes that I couldn't watch it the second time. I had to look away. I went and did something else during that whole scene because I just didn't want to watch it again the second time I watched the episode. That brings us to my number one. Yeah. And it's just I love that little meeting on the roof there with Foggy, Karen and Matt where they're standing there and we see the three friends then they're talking and Foggy's full of hope seeing, you know, we're back together again. We're doing this. And he's like, we're going to make up a plan. And then we're, we're going to, uh, how did he say it was great the way he said, it. he says, we're going to, we're going to figure out a plan. We're going to do the plan. And then we're going to execute the plan. And Matt's just looked at him going, <laughs> what? That's not a plan. Your plan is we're going to make a plan. Then we're going to do the plan. You know, <laughs> just like... it just reminds me of a really funny comedy sketch. It's like, we do the plan to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if it was from Tropic Thunder or something, but I know that was somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And that was just, it was just really, it was just a really, really good scene between seeing the three of them together. And we, we get another moment like that in the next episode as well. Yeah. My number one would be Matt coming to the aid of Nadim and revealing himself to Nadim. Yeah, that was great. I loved that we have Nadim coming home. He knows that his family's in danger and he rushes in there. And, you know, most shows 
would have had Daredevil or have Matt come in right away, like the very first mm-hmm. second, and start yes. saving the day. But that's not what happened here. Nadim has to fight a little bit. He killed two of those guys before Matt oh, even even stepped in. And then Matt jumps in and helps, and then they kind of fought together. And it was so great in, in this episode and the next episode. Seeing them fighting together was just really good. It, it showed us that Nadim was not, you know, just some pencil pusher you know, yeah. he was an agent, man. He could he could do some damage when he needed to. And he was a person of passion, and he definitely wanted to take care of his family and protect them. And on top of that, he showed a little bit of, I should say, a lot of respect to Matt after Matt exposed himself as he took off his mask. And then the look on Nadim's face is priceless. It's like, whoa, whoa, okay. Now yeah. I see where this is going, so... Yeah. Very cool. So we had a, a couple of notes here each. I uh, I really liked when when Karen and Foggy, or I'm, I'm sorry, when Karen's talking to Matt about how much Foggy is a good friend to him, that she says he still follow you over a cliff, even after you've been an a-hole to him. It was just, it was really, really great. Uh, I have one. And it's, Maggie goes, killing anyone, even Fisk, it will change everything that you feel about yourself. Karen. Karen said that to him. Karen, yes, Karen, yeah. sorry. Yeah. And I, I loved, again, going back to that whole interaction between Fisk and Mrs. Falb, where she's she's talking about it, and he had said he had said something about, she gave that painting to me, Vanessa gave it to me, and she gave it out of love. And then Leslie Ann Warren's character comes back with, the painting was not hers to give, and it was not taken with love. That was, it was really, again, I just go back to that, I get goosebumps just thinking about that scene. It was so good between the two of them. Yeah, that was very deep, though. Those were deep words for her. Yeah. As just a regular, like, a throw-in character, too. Yeah. The next one I would have would be Fisk saying, Daredevil is our true public enemy. Yeah. So that, it's just his, the way he points it towards, you know, Matt as being the enemy, which, in turn, everybody knows, you know. (laughs) Fisk is the enemy. Yeah. Um, so we, we both had a few notes here. Do you just want, want to kind of go back and forth on the notes that we haven't already discussed? Sure. I'll start. I, I love that, that Nadim, and we've kind of talked about it already, but just the fact that he's really trying to do the right thing and he does save Karen. You know, he tells that cop, you need to take them be, or take her, take Foggy, because if you don't, she's not going to live. And it was it was really, really just a really good moment for us to still see. It's what I've been saying all along, and I'm kind of glad. I mean, it's sad what happens in the next episode, but I'm, I'm glad that Nadim kind of redeemed himself. Nadim oh, definitely. Redeemed, redeemed, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One would, for me, would be the look on Sister Maggie's face when the guy tells her that Daredevil killed the priest. She obviously knew better, but the look of, like, what? <laughs> yeah. On her face was priceless. Yeah. The other little note that I have, or one of the other notes that I have, is just the fact that I thought it was kind of funny that the dogs smelled Dex. They kind of, when they started their search, they went right after Dex because they obviously, he must have still had the scent of the suit on him or he had some sort of scent yep. on him that uh, that they went after him first because he has to look at the dogs and go, no, not me. You need to search the, the church. And so it was that was a, a, a funny moment for me. There's one thing that I noticed. There was a couple of times when we saw Dex. There was a swarm in Dex's head as he listens to the other FBI agents. It sounds like a swarm of, like, bees or something. And you hear it, like, a couple of good times. 
it's like what's going on in his head. Everything yeah. is like swirling around. Yeah, that was really good. I didn't I had actually I hadn't even really paid attention to it until I saw you put this in the notes and then I noticed it's not just in this episode, it's in the next episode also. Yes. that we hear it. That was uh yeah, that's a good good catch there, Mark. The last two that I have or the last second to the last one that I have is just that it was kind of cool and I think Sister Maggie I mentioned Sister Maggie saw the blood on the sarcophagus but when Dex comes in to the church, he sees the blood on the sarcophagus as well. So you can kind of see when he he sees that blood and he realizes, oh, they were right here when we were searching this room. And then he goes outside and we hear some more of that bees and he goes into that ambulance and and he yells, you know, so that was, he's a, it's really good. He, He played that really well, I thought. Yeah, I did. My last one would be, well, Matt senses. Yeah, he could smell and hear the the search dogs when they were coming in. Yeah, that was that great. Was and he even knew when really they great. left. Like he tells Karen, "Okay, they're gone now. We can yeah. you know, we can yell at each other some more." Now. Like his senses were better than the dogs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh the last one I have is I just love that how the the cops are still supporting Foggy. We see that detective, we see that little that patrolman who is talking to Foggy and kind of lets him into the church and then that detective when he releases him and Karen. So I thought that was that was I thought that's really great. I'm going to be interested to see you know, if something does happen to Fisk, if he goes back to jail permanently or if he gets killed, is that going to enable Foggy? Even though he's made, in the next episode, he makes this promise that he's not going to run. Hmm. I wonder if he may still, in the last episode, we may get him running. We'll see. Hmm. So the episode 12 is entitled One Last Shot. And the synopsis that IMDb gives us is Fisk's long-awaited reunion doesn't go as planned. Nelson and Murdoch take on a new client who holds key information on Kingpin. <laughs> yeah. I'm Daredevil. So why don't you go first with your number five? Sure. My number five would be Fisk for a long time has longed for Vanessa. Now that he has her, she's not really that impressed with him. <laughs> She's not happy with him. He's cooking her eggs. He's taking care of her. This then she doesn't seem that at all impressed with him. It's not his ideal world with Vanessa apparently because you could see his frustration of trying to appease her. Mm-hmm. This is kind of my number five as well. It's but my number five. I kind of take it more to the perspective of finding out. We find out a lot about Vanessa. We find out that she's uh, she's a little bit colder. Oh yeah. Than what we thought because and of course it doesn't happen tor- until towards the end of the episode. But we get that moment where she tells Fisk, "I want to be part of your world. I want to be part of your work. I don't want you know." When he had Manning stop talking around her, she's that really offended her. She was just like, "No, I want to know what's going on." And I thought that was really interesting. Do you think did I know they keyed in on that Fisk saw the blood on the painting after it was hung on, or after it was there in the apartment? Do you think she saw the blood as well? I, I couldn't tell even the second time I watched it. whether I couldn't tell. But you could tell her disappointment though with them overall. Yeah, kind of like I don't know if it was disappointment necessarily. Yeah, disappointment's probably a good word. But then you know, then at the end of the episode though. She turn it. She turns it all around because he takes her into his lair. He shows her his little observation thing. You know, she meets Mrs. Shelby, and they have that whole conversation about whether they should kill Nadim or whether they should make him go to trial for killing that other agent. And then she's the one who orders 
kind of basically orders Nadine killed. She says, don't you think we should just eliminate the threat? And he's like, you're right. And then they tell Felix Manning to go get Dex and tell him to go eliminate the threat. So, ooh, cold. I don't know. I don't know who's worse, her or Kingpin. You know, she's (laughs) she's got that cold-blooded kind of sociopath where he's got that more violent, brutish kind of thing. Yeah. And take her away. What do you have left? Yeah. I'm curious. Yeah. My number four would be Tower and Foggy. Foggy needs Tower to help him, even if it means to step away from the running for district attorney and actually vote for Tower for district attorney. So all the, you know, all just to help out Matt and Nadim with a case against Fisk because they were looking to, uh, use that against Fisk in general. Yeah, that's pretty interesting too because he he starts out by telling Tower, if you give me an hour of your time, I'll drop out of the race. And then he says, if you give me an extra 30 minutes, I'll give you whatever, I'll give you my endorsement and, oh, I'll, and yeah. I might even vote for you. But then towards the end of the conversation, when he reveals that his family is kind of under Kingpin's thumb and Tower's like, so if you win the election, you'll then be blackmailed by Fisk as well. And Foggy just admits to him, yeah, you're right. I would probably, I'm, I'm going to probably drop out of the election anyway, even if you don't come <laughs> with me. And so at that point, if you're tower, do you really have anything to gain here? I Not mean, really. especially no. if you don't believe you don't know what's coming. And, and so I, I was really kind of surprised that Foggy just didn't come out with it and say, I have an FBI agent who is intimately involved in Kingpin's operations and he wants to testify. So it, yeah. it, it was a little that whole that whole uh, scene was really kind of different. Yeah, it was. It was very different, but it, it was kind of like a futile attempt because in the end. Tower well, just basically told them no. <laughs> well, no, they, they take it to the grand jury and the grand jury doesn't indict because remember, and we'll get this is in my top fives, but that whole moment where that other grand jurors is naming off all the other jurors home addresses. And exactly. so they didn't indict him. And Matt leaves before it's it's a confusing scene there at the end, because you're right. Because on one hand, it kind of looks like and I suspected for a minute, I thought maybe Tower was under Fisk's control. That's as, what I thought as well. But then there's that moment where Matt, before they find out that Nadim has been killed, they Matt goes, I'm going to go track down Tower and make sure he's going to keep pursuing this. And then Foggy said something else. Like, I can't remember. So it's, it's a little bit confusing. So we may find out something maybe in the last episode that Tower is involved or that Tower, because then he then Tower gives that press conference where he says they're going to keep searching for evidence or searching for the truth. But then also all those reporters are like blaming Karen and her boss, her ex boss that they like made it all up just to sell newspapers. So it's, it's a little confusing. Hopefully they'll wrap it up in the last episode. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So my number four is, is just that conversation that Matt has with Nadim and it's, he kind of chastises Nadim for a minute and Yeah, he kind of gets on to him about, well, you couldn't, why didn't you do something when this happened? Why didn't you do something when this happened? And he basically, he almost, it's almost like a cross-examination. He is a lawyer, you know. It's almost like a (laughs) cross-examination where he finally gets the guy to break down and admit that he admits, first off, he admits, I didn't want to just be, I didn't want my son to look at me as, oh, you're just another agent. I wanted to be something special. I wanted to be important. I wanted to do something good. You know, I wanted to do something great. And then Matt says, he says something about how I want to, I wanted to be, how does he word it? 
that he basically admits that that everything he did was wrong. And Matt says, that's what you need to tell the district attorney. And then maybe I'll be able to help you. And that's where I talked about in the, our discussion of the last episode. It's very similar from different points of view to the foggy conversation with his brother. That's very similar to that same conversation. But it ends at least with Matt saying, well, OK, if you're really broken down, basically, I can help you. So. Mm. so that brings us to your number three. I believe so. And that would be Matt's awareness in the van as he guides Nadim in some way when they uh, are brought to the, uh, to the court, you know, with his shots. Basically, they're in the van, and it's like Matt's just guiding him where to shoot, to shoot outside the van. He's shooting blindly, Nadim, but he sh- he's guiding him. He's like, shoot here, shoot here, and... It's like Matt is like on top of it. Matt is basically walking Nadim through every encounter with this, and it's funny to that a blind man with a little enhanced abilities, yes, but is able to like point out where to go all the way through the streets. Yeah, that was that was great. This was actually my number my number two. So I'll 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 swap this with my just that whole trip to the courthouse had a very I, I loved it. It had a very sixteen blocks. That yeah. uh, Bruce Willis movie that where he's trying to get that guy to the courthouse. It had a very feeling about that, very, very kind of contained and like, okay, we we got to take this trip. And I, I love, I, I'm with you there. It's it's really kind of cool that Nadim, you know, they have this little conversation where Nadim basically reminds Matt that his friends keep coming back. He says, "I don't think my wife is going to come back, but your friends keep coming back." And mm-hmm. then as they're going, you know, from car to car. Nadim is shooting guys and Matt is is fighting. It was really kind of cool the way they did the camera work because you have you have Nadim in the foreground and he's shooting one guy and fighting with a guy and then in the background you can see Matt fighting with a guy. And yeah. then it then it switches perspective a little bit and you see Matt fighting with a guy and there's a woman in the car. That was such a funny had me it was such a great that whole action scene was really really good. And there's that whole moment where Matt jumps through the windshield to attack the guy who's about to shoot Nadim because Nadim thinks it's clear, but he can't see the guy. So Matt jumps mm-hmm. through the crashes through the windshield. There's like I said, there's that woman in the car and she's watching the fight. It was just it was a really great action scene going on there with those guys. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. Yeah, there there are a few within the show itself, but that was one of them. So that brings us to your number two. You went over your number three, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I swapped my number three and my number two, so I'm gonna I'll give my number three as my number two. So it's it's your number two. <laughs> okay, so my number two would be Karen coming clean to the press in front of the courthouse, telling the press basically the truth that the man in the daredevil suit is not the daredevil, and honestly, that took a lot of guts and strength to do so. For the fact that now it's like she already has a target on her head, but. Now she's in plain sight talking to this press. Yeah, and what's interesting about that scene too is none of the none of the members of the press went, well, how do you know that? Do you know who Daredevil? Yeah. Like th- that's the first thing her boss did. As soon as she told her boss three or four episodes ago, whatever it was, as soon as she told her boss that wasn't Daredevil in the Daredevil suit, he was like, well, how do you know that? Do you know who Daredevil is? None of those reporters caught on to that. Flat out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. And I'm just like, um, and so I think that's, Correct. I think they were all in Fisk's pocket because the boss even says that. He says, how much is Fisk paying you? Because none of them jumped on the fact of, well, do you know who Daredevil is? Can you tell us who Daredevil is? Because 
you know, on one hand, that would really clear things up because Matt would have maybe an alibi for some of these things or they would know it's so that was kind of interesting. It kind of now that I think more on that, I think that that really shows us that some of those press guys are even in Fisk's pocket. Yeah, he's got his hands in everybody's pockets at this point. Okay, so my uh, my what is now my number two, I I thought was uh, uh, it was really kind of interesting. Nadim agreeing to go to prison, I thought because at first Matt and Foggy are really pushing for him to not do any any prison, but he finally admits no, I I did these things. It was it was wrong, and I should go to jail for it. But then of course the grand jury, we talked a little bit about this already. The grand jury doesn't indict. So he starts worrying. I started worrying that he was going to get killed at that point because now Fisk knows that he's testified against him, but his family is only going to be safe if he's dead. And that's Mm. basically what it comes down to. And, you know, as soon as he apologized to, to Foggy and that he punched him, I was like, oh, no. And then he goes back to his house, and, of course, we have that whole beating. That with, whole scene. With, yeah, with Dex and that whole moment where he says, I hoped it would be you. And mm-hmm. he he kind of tries to convince Dex, hey, we can still do this. We can come back. We can both go in and testify. And Dex is like, no, I'm so much more than an FBI agent now. Like, Dex has had that taste of power. Blood. And blood. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. Yeah. He's had that he's had that taste of murdering without consequences. And so that uh oh, and that was tough when Nadim tries to draw his gun and, and Dex is faster and shoots him. I was just like, Oh yep. but yeah, mm-hmm. so that's really my number two. Yeah, my my number one would be Vanessa coming into the lair of the Kingpin and being with him, then telling Fisk have Nadim taken out by Dex. Yeah. That, that was really tragic to see. I thought this woman had a little bit more sense, but obviously she has a lot of sense in the sense where she wants to be the queen mm-hmm. of his kingpin kingdom, you know? Yeah. Then, you know, then of course we get that scene, what you were just talking about, Dex shooting Nadim in the head. That was hard to see. I had, just like you, I had hopes for Nadim. And then Matt runs out of the gym telling Foggy that they tried it his way. Now, it leads you to think, uh, this is like almost like a cliffhanger of what is Matt going to do? Exactly. Yeah. Is Matt going to take out Dex and Kingpin? What is going to happen? Now, that's a big cliffhanger at that point, but just for, you know, we're in episode 12, we only have one more episode. Mm-hmm. So that, that'll be the big one for us where we finally close the book on this comic. Yeah. Show. Uh, so my number one is it's something that that it didn't occur to me until the second time I watched it. But I realized that that scene where Fisk, you talked a little bit about him preparing the eggs for Vanessa. That's yep. almost exactly with the music playing in the background. It's almost exactly the vision or that he kind of had as an imagination. Episode one of this of this yep. season where he's he's preparing the eggs in prison and then we get to see that he's not actually got this gourmet kitchen and all these cool ingredients. He's really just got powdered eggs and a hot plate. But now he actually has the gourmet kitchen. He's got the little chives. He's got the whole the whole thing and he can do this this special dish for her. And so it really it really was kind of it, it uh yeah, it just jumped out at me as as uh, that, wow, that's just like the scene when he was in the prison. So, yeah. You had a couple of quotes here? Uh, just a couple. Nothing too great, but Karen saying, Look, you've hurt people. 
Not enough to define you, and that was to Nadim within the gym when they all talk about, you know, going against Kingpin and everything else. Right. And, you know. But uh, those were very those were very strong words because yeah. you know, it wasn't anything to define him. He she she didn't want his actions to define what he did. Yeah. Because he was being his actions were pretty much forced by other people, not of his own volition. Yeah. So the only the only quote that I have was that when Nadim is on the phone with his son and he tells him you're going to hear that I did some things and he says no I didn't do them but I didn't stop them from happening either and that's just as bad and I really thought that was that was really a good moment I almost wish that it hadn't been over the phone that we'd been able to get that face to face with his kid but I know at that at that point in the story we couldn't they they couldn't come back together they came back together the wife and kid would have been in too much danger so. Oh, definitely. My last one would be Nadim saying, I should drive when Matt and Nadim leave the school bus. And Matt says, oh, it's a cab. <laughs> <laughs> after saying yeah. this, after saying, this is the way out. I yeah. was laughing. All because I don't think Matt would ever drive a car because he saw him behind there for a moment. And you're like, no, yeah. you're not going to drive. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, the only note I had that we haven't already discussed for me was just that that scene with the whole grand jury and the guy reading off the home addresses, it reminded me a lot of The Untouchables, that scene at the end of the movie, The Untouchables, where the judge swaps the juries when they find out uh, that Al Capone, yeah. they find out a list of all the jurors in, in Nitty's pocket, and the the judge is like, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to swap the juries. You're going to go get this jury from this courtroom over here, and you're going to bring them here, and this jury's going to go over there. And I'm just like, yeah, that I don't know if that's the real life way they did that, but okay. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah, right. <laughs> and you had a couple of notes? I had a couple of notes. First one would be the distraction from Matt within the school bus. Nadim using that as an advantage, you know, basically to take down one of the thugs. I, I thought that was pretty cool, though. And then the other one I would have would be, I have a problem with that jury and that guy memorizing all those people's names, addresses, and family. Honestly, they would have a had a, like some sort of court stenographer on hand writing everything down. I don't think... Fisk paid those people off. Plus, once everything is compromised within a court of law, it is now thrown out for further review. But that's just usually how it is. But obviously, the court is bought out by Fisk. Yeah, that's the only thing I can finally come to with that is because that's... This is the way I looked at it with what was happening there was that was... Like the grand jury is what they have where they, they give all their evidence and they and then they take this they have this group of people and they're they're not really the jury that decides innocent or guilt. They're the jury that just decides if you're gonna if you can indict them. And so what was yeah. happening when that guy was, was reciting that stuff was not during the actual court proceedings. That was in like the jury room when they were discussing what they were gonna do. And because he says, as he's, as he's rattling all this off, one of the other women says, that's my home address. How do you know my home address? And he says, they made me memorize all of these things. And it's a, it was a threat basically is what is what I took from it. Not that Fisk paid him off. Fisk was threatening all of them that if you, Hey, if you indict me, I'm going to kill y'all. And so that's where they came back with no indictment. And so, so there wouldn't have been a stenographer in the room with them while they're making their deliberations. So that's when that occurred. And Matt could hear it through the wall 
Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. Okay. So we didn't have any feedback this week, and my my only thought right now is I'm glad it's almost over. We only got one episode left, and and, and like I said, going back to the beginning, I think really it's just because I know that there's not going to be anything more. And so if this if the episode 13 ends on a cliffhanger, I know we're not going to ever get an answer to it, and that just disappoints me. Yeah, same here, and it will just be left on a cliffhanger and be like, uh, yeah. when will ever we see mm-hmm. Matt Murdock again? I highly doubt that we'd ever see the other actors yeah. again, but who knows? So you've got some comic talk news? Sure, uh, a few things have come out, other than some viral things, <laughs> but uh, there is a new Spider-Man film that is in production, supposedly by Sony, called The Spectacular Spider-Man. So that's aside from the regular Tom Holland one that's hmm. being done. It's not the new Tom Holland movie. Apparently, it's a new live-action version. Hmm. So I'm curious about this. It's something that got leaked out recently by Sony. Yeah, because I thought that whole thing had been worked out, that Sony and Disney, but I guess not. Well, they did. They have Tom Holland for uh, a couple of Marvel cameos and, you know, uh, as far as the new phase is concerned, but... Sony is still able to do their own thing with Spider-Man because they own a majority yeah. of yeah, no, the property. Yeah, no, that's all I meant. That's all I meant. Yeah, so that that's going on with that. And then the last Black Widow trailer just dropped, and we are only a few months away from the movie. I'm look, really looking forward to this. A lot of people have been, uh, who I have met and talked to, are like, I'm not really interested. And then they did a whole about face. Yeah. So I'm I'm really looking uh, really looking forward to it. It looks really good, and this last trailer drop was really really good. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. I want to watch it. Hopefully, we can all go to the movies. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Woody Harrelson has a new look as Cletus Cassidy in the new Venom Two picture. So when we last saw Cletus Cassidy in the the Venom movie with uh, I forgot his name Tom Hardy was Hardy. it Tom Hardy? There you go. Yeah, yeah it was Tom Hardy. <clears throat> At the very end, we get him, and he's got that crazy curly wig-looking <laughs> thing that's on his head. But in this, uh, and a lot of the pictures that have been taken of Woody Harrelson recently, he has like more of a cleaner look. Uh, it's a shorter hair style. Hmm. It's still red, but still shorter hair. Hmm. And the last part I would have would be, uh, movies are being pushed back due to the coronavirus pandemic that's going on. So, um, New Mutants, sadly enough, is being pushed back yet again. This is the fourth time it's been pushed back by Disney, and as well as a bunch of other movies like Mulan that Disney is putting out. But the odd thing that I found is the director of the New Mutants is doing the new version of The Stand by Stephen King. So I found that kind of odd with the current state of affairs, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't seen any of that in the news and that I guess, I guess they're pushing back those releases just because they don't think people will go to the movies. That's exactly it because it's, it's be, it would be more in public places. So yeah. Cause those, those are of, all done. Those are all in the can and ready to, to release. New Mutants has been done yeah. three years well, yeah. ago. Yeah. And Mulan just recently within the past, like eight months has yeah. been finished. That's what I meant. Yeah. So, that's interesting. So now now it's like now a lot of these films are being pushed back because 
they want people to stay home, you know, even a mm-hmm. quiet place that uh I did see that today that they've that they've was being pushed that's being filming. pushed back yeah. as well and I was curious about that too. And I saw a lot of new like trailers and stuff and I was surprised to see John Krasinski in it. I'm like, "Oh, this, they have a lot of flashback stuff." Makes me want to go see this more now. Yeah, no, that's the, they showed that in the trailer. The trailer showed that they had that he was going to they were going to have a flashback too, yeah. like day 1. Or something like that. So it's, yeah, yeah, it's... the the first encounter and everything. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really really cool. But yeah. you know, uh, all I could tell everybody is stay safe, do what uh, do what you have to. If you have to work from home, do so. Try not to go out as much. A yeah. lot of things are going on. Just be safe. Yep. So I have a podcast recommendation to pass on, and uh, it's just uh, strange indeed. They continue their their reviews or their uh, talking about. Lock and Key Season 1 on Netflix. I send them voicemails all the time. And Westworld cast is about to start up again. Westworld returns this weekend. We're recording this on Friday the 13th, and I believe Westworld Season 3 starts on Sunday. So that uh, that podcast will be back, Westworld cast. And mm-hmm. then those are both on the Podcastica network. And I just was going online today just to remind myself, our network, of course, the Next Level Podcast Network, has a few shows recently that have have released out and so you can check those out if you go to nextlevelradioonline.com that'll take you to our podcast network the next level podcast network awesome i have one youtube recommendation i would recommend adam the woo if you go to adam the woo and just search for him he is a longtime youtuber he loves going to all the Disney parks. He actually has a uh, travel log, if you watch YouTube, too, because he goes across the uh, the states, and he travels along looking at all different sites within the United States. He's a very interesting character. I love everything he does, so I recommend that. Um, he went today, or actually last night probably, to Disney World. And they're closing down Disney. I was World. gonna say Disney. Yeah, I know Disneyland is closing down. Are they doing? Are all their parks closing? I know yes. Disneyland for sure. At the is. end of the month, they're closing. Okay, I know Disneyland closed uh, today. They'll, they're well, they're closing tonight. Technically, today, Friday thirteenth is the last day Disneyland will be open, and then they're closing March fourteenth. They'll close, and I think they're like sixty days or ninety days. They've announced what their suspension is, which that's that's crazy because Disneyland has not closed its park. The only other times it's closed its park was after the JFK assassination, after 9-11, and there was a, uh, after the Northridge earthquake in yes. L.A. Those are the only three times in the history of Disneyland that they've closed. So this is a big deal, folks. So really, you know, it's it's really just use your common sense, and if you're sick, don't go out in public. Yeah. Please don't. And please don't take all the toilet paper or the hand sanitizers. <laughs> it makes no sense I, to me. I went to the Dollar Tree, and I went there yesterday, and I saw all the toilet paper. I was like, oh, I'll, I'll get it tomorrow. I'll get a few that I need. No, they were gone today. Yeah, I went to the Walmart market uh, <laughs> yesterday, and there was no toilet paper on the shelves. There was five packages of flushable wipes, so I grabbed two of those and brought those home. And But I've got I've got toilet paper to last me for the next six weeks, so... I don't yeah. use that. I mean, I use a roll every week or every two weeks. I'll use one exactly. roll. So, you know, I don't need 32 rolls of toilet paper. So. Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah. 
Honestly, the one thing I thought would actually clean out would be the liquor store because you think, oh, I need to stay home and drink. I don't think but, people can afford it. That's the problem. Oh, come on. It's like, get the good stuff. You know, Jameson just put out like a nice coffee-style liqueur out there. Go try it. Yeah, yeah. There's there's some good – I saw uh, I saw the Black Barrel at uh, my liquor store this week. I thought about trying it. but Yeah, same here. I, I, may, pick, I may pick it up next week. I get payday next week. So, there you All go. right, Will. We didn't get any feedback, but if you want to submit your feedback for Daredevil Season 3, Episode 13, you can do that uh, on our Facebook page. We love to hear from our listeners. Our Facebook group is facebook.com slash panels to pixels. That's just a regular page you can go to. You can find us with panels to pixels on your Facebook app or wherever you use Facebook. You can email us at panels to pixels one at gmail.com. That's panels to pixels one. The TO is spelled out right there in the middle, the number one at gmail.com you can also call us at 845-350-2095 and leave us a voicemail again that's 845-350-2095 we do ask if you call that number to make sure you you start you start out by saying you're sending this to the panels to pixels podcast i think there's at least one other podcast that's using that voicemail number as well you can also check us out on YouTube. We are Panels to Pixels Podcast. Give us a thumbs up there. We have a website that redirects you to our Facebook page, and it is just panels to pixelspodcast.com. That's a lot of P's in there. <laughs> <laughs> panels to pixelspodcast.com. And you, of course, can hear us on any podcast player of choice. We are definitely on Spotify, Google play and apple itunes i think there's a few other ones out there mark says he uses stitcher so if you use stitcher actually i i checked stitcher we're not on stitcher oh we're not on stitcher we're on definitely on google play itunes and Spotify. okay so if if you're if you're on stitcher you're not hearing us so you're not going to hear this anyway nope. so, okay <laughs> <laughs> all right well where else can people hear you mark well, not only do i do this podcast but i'm also a co-host on the walking dead talk through with brian malosh on Talk Through Media. And each week we review The Walking Dead. This show, Panels to Pixels, will remain on the Next Level Podcast Network. But there will always be a link for Talk Through Media and those shows for through our Facebook page. So others can listen as well. And we always highly recommend that you listen to us on those avenues as well. You can listen to us on TalkThroughMedia.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, yes, it's on Stitcher, <laughs> or on <laughs> or on Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are currently working on a lot of things. Uh, Kyle and I are actually working on another podcast that would be dedicated more for him and myself on that particular network, and well, I'll give you the name. It's called Let's Talk Through, so that will be based upon uh, pop culture and some stories related on pop culture or in history and pop culture. So we're going to go into that soon. I would expect that podcast to show up on the Talk Through Media website and our regular podcasts next month. So uh, keep in tune for that. Definitely keep in tune for this week because I, I believe on The Walking Dead there's something that's going to big big that happens that's comic book related and you all know what that means all you out there that read the walking dead so i think uh, alpha loses her head and carol sends somebody out on a mission to do so but that's just my thoughts and that's my prediction 
I also have a prediction that Gamma might be taken out by Beta, but I could be wrong. I could be all full of it. <laughs> and you, Steve? We well, can hear you everywhere. You can hear me everywhere. I I send very I send voicemails to various podcasts. Uh, I am currently definitely every week sending Strange Indeed a voicemail. I'm trying to get every week a voicemail to TV Podcast Industries on Picard and on the Picard Cast that's on talk that's on this on the Talk Through Media dot com that's on the talk through media network i'm trying to get voicemails to them every week i think i missed last week but i definitely have one for this week and and they may so i may have two on this week's picard cast and uh that's about it cool yeah you could definitely hear steve he's he loves our friends i do too i only have the advantage of actually getting to listen to the shows i don't have enough time to actually go out and send out voicemail i wish i had I was supposed to send one out to Picard tonight, but it didn't happen. (laughs) I'm so bad. (laughs) But, you know, if you guys have that time and you could actually listen to those shows, we suggest it and highly recommend it and do the same just like Steve does. We'd love to hear your voices there as well as here. So that's pretty much our show tonight, everybody. Thanks for listening. I'm Mark. And I'm Steve. And we'll see you on the next panel. Talk to you later. And this is Panels to Pixels. Good night, everybody. Yeah.